Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon and uh, welcome to our Facebook Live Sermon Discussion. I am Michelle Lichty and I am here today with David Henderson. Joy to see you all. And we are here discussing, David, your sermon from this past Sunday, God's Continual Presence and Our Response from Exodus 33 verses 7 through 11. Um, And this is the final sermon in the series, the Ascent series, um, deepening, following Moses up the path towards deeper intimacy with God. Did I get that right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Um, And today, or Sunday, you talked about um, how Moses regularly pitched his tent uh, pitched a tent outside of the camp and a, and the pillar of God would come down to the tent. This is in um, Exodus. I almost said Moses 33. Exodus 33. <laughs> well, that's true. He was the author. So that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was author of more than one book. So that's true. which one? Um, Exodus 33, where, and then, and God would come down as a pillar and speak to Moses um, and, 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 ha- and have this intimate relationship with Moses. Yeah, I think the, the, what was so striking to me, Michelle, as I was preparing this series, you know, God, uh, as a gift of grace, goes to such lengths to expose his transcendence and his holiness and his love, his loving heart, but he goes to such lengths to give this sort of daunting picture of who he is Mm. with trumpet blasts and the earth shaking and all of that. And then Moses having to do this, uh, uh, a mountain climbing ascent to go up and and join God. And it would be so easy if the story ended there to think, Mm. okay, I get it. Um, God, God always holds himself at a distance and it is up to me to have to close that distance and how quickly Mm. that turns into a perspective that's based in works. Somehow the idea that I have merit or ability, would you say? I said performance. Yes, exactly. Right. And uh, so then you get to this chapter and, and that idea of God doesn't just bring us near God doesn't just invite us near but God comes near to us. Suddenly, the whole, the whole momentum of, of Scripture shifts at that point mm. of the movement of God towards His people, descending the mountain and coming down and being with Him, uh, which, you know, sets up everything about the New Testament and the incarnation and the fulfillment of that. So it was, yeah, it really was very striking to me, to. Uh, to come to that point in the story and think about what the implications of that were for us. Yeah, that we, um, uh, you know, one of the things that you've said over and over and over again during this series is that God takes the initiative. God takes the initiative 
to have a relationship with us. He takes the initiative to invite us um, into to be near to him to kind of go through the progression. So proximity, he invites us to be near to him and in proximity with him. He be, he uh, he takes the initiative to be available to us, um, inviting Moses up to the top of the mountain. And he takes the initiative to, to have an intimate relationship with us by coming down from the mountain. And I think it's against a backdrop of that kind of biblical familiarity that Jesus's words come to me, all you are who are weary and worn out by mm-hmm. burdens, um, come to me. You know, I think that that would make a, an invitation like that from Jesus so resonant. It's like, I, all I have to do is receive God. I, all mm. I have to do is open my heart to a God who's already pursuing a, me, already knocking on my door, already descending, condescending to draw near to me. And I think the, uh, I think one of the signposts of grace rightly understood is rest and peace. Mm. And, and I think this is a part of the story that that warrants that kind of a response. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would happen if we, if we let our notion of the initiative of God at absolutely every dimension, when I wake up on Sunday morning, God has already taken the initiative to prepare mm-hmm. the way for me to walk into his presence. When I wake into consciousness on a Thursday morning and kind of just begin to come out of the fog of sleep and awake that God has already taken the initiative to be present to me by his spirit. The, yeah, the, the rest and peace that could be ours in that. Hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, one of the questions that came to my mind as I was listening to your sermon was, was um, how, in what ways, in what ways do you personally enjoy God's presence throughout the day, like outside of a Sunday morning? Do you have specific ways that you enjoy God's presence? Do you personally, as in me personally? As in you personally, yes. What a great question. That's fun, Michelle. Wow, it's it's interesting the way that that just brings tears to me. I just, I got in the car to drive to General Assembly yesterday. I'm up in Michigan right now, as you know. And and I just started worshiping as I got in the car. I just thought, Lord, that I am alive, that I have your presence in my life, that I am surrounded by people I love, that I'm, that I am blessed to be in this amazing, beautiful world, that I get to have a life of kingdom meaning and purpose, that, um, that, that I have been called to be part of what you are up to in this world that that you came at at the cost of your own life to reconcile me to you that there will be a day I stand face to face with I mean just started going through this and I I my breath was taken away so I think um just that kind of conversational gratitude I um you've seen the chosen right the the Mm -hmm. okay I would really encourage you and members of the congregation 
it's really a remarkable portrayal of Jesus. And they, um, I want to be careful in the way I say this, they take liberties, but they don't take liberties with the scriptures. They just um, supply um, possible side conversations, side motives, personality development, and that kind of stuff in this, mm -hmm. uh, this picture. But one of the things that they capture so profoundly effectively is uh, is all of the Jewish culture and tradition in which the Jesus was carrying out his ministry. And there is a prayer uh, called the, the uh, Baruch or um, Berukah that mm. um, just means blessing. And, and woven all through the course of the day is this blessed are you, O Lord, our God, who, and then you would just supply uh, part of a sentence at that point, who, um, who preserved my life through the night and, and gives me the gift of life again today, or who brings forth the bread from the earth, or who, uh, who gives us the fruit of the vine, or who has, um, who is, you know, it's, and it, so you just kind of walk through life with this readiness to, to turn to God with gratitude. Um, and, and I think that habit is formed pretty deeply in me. Creation is always such a, a beauty, always turns me to God wherever I encounter it. Just a thank you. Um, I think um, one of the, Sharon is, uh, came across the term threshold prayer. And I love the, the term for something that I've been doing for years. Like whenever, like I walked into General Assembly and as I was walking from my car uh, into the building, uh, I just was praying, Lord, um, I'm here because of you. I, I'm so I'm here on your business. I'm here for your sake. Um, Lord, lead in every conversation. So as I'm crossing the threshold into mm. the next meeting or the next conversation or the next thing I'm doing, the next place I'm going, those are places where I try to just open myself up to the presence and work of God. And mm -hmm. um, so offering, Lord, what I don't know what today holds, but you do. Uh, you take me by the hand and guide me and those are just a couple of many examples mm -hmm. of ways where mm -hmm. it's a lot of the practice of the presence of God kind of stuff from brother Lawrence. That was a very significant yeah. book. The first time I read that over 30 years ago. Yeah. I like that. I like the threshold prayer. I hadn't thought of that term. Yeah. Um, it's a great term, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I know for me, um, you didn't ask the question, but I'm going to answer it anyway. Well, I was actually just going to. I wanted to let you finish reacting. But so, Michelle, how would you say you experienced the, the presence of God all throughout the day? Well, I, it's changed over the years, right? Um, you know, as my daily life has changed. So, I, you know, when I was a mother of young children and I was home all the time, um, it was easy for me to start complaining about these kids demand so much attention or I have so many loads of laundry. And so every time I found myself starting to complain about some aspect of my life, I would turn that into a, because I have so, I have so many loads of laundry because God, you've given me these children and they're such a blessing to me. I love that Michelle. Um, you know, That's oh, this, ki this kitchen is a mess. Oh yes. Lord, the kitchen is a mess because you've given us food to eat. And you've given us utensils with which to cook it. And thank you for that. Um, and so just every time I kind of felt like, oh, 
I don't know. Um, I don't know if I could do this. It just yeah. turned into a like, okay, but this is because of the blessings you've given me. So thank you, Lord. Um, I love that. Yeah, that's a great way of framing it. It's that's that's not framing it like power of positive thinking. It's framing it from the perspective of God is really involved in, in my life and he really is yeah. at work and, and yeah. everything good in my life really has come from his hand. Therefore, this is how I can see that. I mean, in a very similar yeah. way for me, I was going to say, I mean, everything that's hard that comes up, I yeah. try to just be something that just takes me directly to the Lord. Lord, this is a great opportunity for me to trust you. This is a great opportunity yeah. for me to experience your goodness. Lord, I am at the end of me. This is a great place to watch the beginning of you and you taking it from here. Um, mm -hmm. So, so every struggle, instead of being something that pushes me from the Lord becomes an opportunity to lean into. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's those, it's those um, practices in the ordinary. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody, I don't remember, uh, Kathleen Norris maybe wrote a book uh, called the quotidian life, which is a fancy long term for just means daily, you know, just the, mm. the stuff I'm just doing every day. There's there it every single day is filled with, more prompters in it than there are potholes in the streets of West Lafayette, you know, that's um, <laughs> multiple occasions to, to turn to him. Yes, there are. And, and I mean, and if you read the e-news today, you'll, you'll see my, my little take on this. I, I mean, even naps, even naps are a mm -hmm. gift from the Lord. Yeah. I love that. So the place I went next in the sermon, mm -hmm. uh, as you know, was, and that's just the Old Testament. And that's just Mount right. Sinai. And, and this is just this incredible, stunning visitation uh, displayed with these physical glimpses to, to try to communicate a supernatural reality. But then Jesus comes along as the fulfillment of all of that. So, right. so just kind of leaping ahead, um, and we can come back to some of that, the really cool parallels between Exodus and, and John 1 and that kind of thing. But um, it, to take it all the way to the present, I think the, the, to think that the spirit of God is given to us when we become followers of Christ. So now I have the initiate, the initiating God residing inside of me. Mm -hmm. So it, it, even there going through today as a follower of Jesus, it isn't me reaching out to God, me reaching out to God, I realize how often my first breath, those breath prayers of gratitude, they're all responses. The spirit giving me eyes to see or inviting me to turn my gaze on God in the middle mm. of whatever I'm facing. I love that. And even that. In that is such profound rest, you know, the, the spirit ushering me into the father's presence. Yeah. And I think so you know, for somebody who may be listening or watching, who feels like, well, that's great for you. You guys work for a church. Um, <laughs> I would encourage you to just ask the Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Christ, you can ask the Holy Spirit who resides within you to open your eyes to the presence of God in your life today. Yep. That and is I laughed because I was just with, um, I'm, I'm here with hundreds of fellow pastors and every one of them, if they were sitting in the room here, would, would laugh with me saying, you know, there isn't anything about being a professional Christian working at a church that suddenly somehow makes you more godly. It, it is exactly right. the same practices that you're called to and a person in the workplace and a person who teaches at the school and a person who's retired and a 
and whatever yes. kid on a summer job, you know, it's, it's the same invitation and challenge for all of us. I think I told our, our, uh, our community group on Sunday morning, when we were discussing the sermon, I said, you know, I might have a little less swearing in my workplace than you do, <laughs> but otherwise <laughs> we're all just fallen human beings trying to work together towards the glory of God just happens to be in a church instead of on the Purdue campus or instead of in an office building or instead of in a corporate or in a school building or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what, if if it was not framed as a bunch of holy people um, mm -hmm. incorporating God into their lives, but if it was framed as this God who for thousands of years has been taking the initiative to move towards us and to draw us to him and to mm -hmm. fix our eyes on him, I mean, what would it be go like to go through a day where that was that the confidence that that was true was so deeply woven into me mm -hmm. that I just walked like I breathe sometimes conscious of it, but God has arranged it that I'm still breathing even when I'm not conscious of it. Right. What if it were the, that kind of I, I am responding to God always. And sometimes I'm mindful of it. Lord, make me a little more mindful of it. Mm -hmm. and, and make me more mindful of your presence. Yes. Yeah. Because we can tend to think that God is at church, but God is not at my work. Right. Or God is not at my home. Or God is not at the little league game. I mean, you know, like God is everywhere. And so let's, that's my prayer is that God would open my eyes to see him in ways that, in unexpected ways, in ways that I may not expect to see him. Yes. I love um, that, Michelle. Yeah, that, absolutely. And he's, he is present around us, so we can expect to bump into him all the time. Mm -hmm. And he's present within us, so we can expect to hear his voice all the time. Mm, yeah. And then so we, we talk about some of the values, sorry, just interrupted, but some yeah. of our key values as a church are being mm. that expectancy is the very first value. I'm so confident that the, God is alive and involved and near and present that I go through the day expectant. Mm -hmm. I'm going to experience God everywhere I turn. Mm -hmm. And amazing how, when we have that expectation that we do, we have more eyes to see. Him. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Well, no. And that brings us to the fruit of our intimacy with God. Right. And so as we see him more and more evidence of him and see him in, in our daily life, as we go through our life every day, then we there's fruit to that, that others can see in us. Yeah. I, I love that passage in second Corinthians three that talks about our being transformed from glory to glory into the likeness of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that that's the work of the spirit in us. Mm -hmm. And that is overwhelming and humbling to think that that would be true. And I think we, we often are the last ones to see it. Others may begin to see those glimpses in us before we do um, a, a really significant book for me that I remember reading uh, is by Frederick Beekner called Godric. And it's, he imagines, um, there's, a, there's a true story of a kind of a monk living in the 1200s or something in England. Mm -hmm. And a biographer at the end of his life describes this man's life. He lived to be almost 100. And, uh, and this, the book imagines 
the conversations that Godric near the end of his life had with this young biographer who came to try to find out what his life was about. And he says, you need to understand that the word Godric in Saxon means God's riches and in uh, Welsh means God's wreck. And both hmm. are true that there is a way in which I, I am still a wreck. And, uh, and it is only by the grace of God that I'm even alive, let alone that there's any, anything good in me. But then also my whole life is a testimony to God's riches. And I think that's sometimes we see the wreck and others see the riches. It tends to be a bit disproportionate that way. But yeah, to yeah. think that our the fruit of my drawing near to Jesus is that more and more others will see his presence in me. Mm -hmm. Again, not of my producing, mm -hmm. but just it's that, it's that proximity thing where he's so near to me that others encounter him in me. Mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. boggling when that happens and beautiful. It, it is, it is absolutely boggling and beautiful. I mentioned well, the life of Alan Sutton, a dear uh, mm -hmm. saint in our church who mm -hmm. just died and the incredible way that his life was a display of the presence of God. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I actually went through a whole long list of people in my, uh, in my, sermon prep thinking about all of these incredible people who were and who are part of the covenant family right. and, and i'm sure you could do the same thing and i'm sure those of you who are listening could do the same thing and to think that that's not the fruit of hard work and virtue but that that's the fruit of the presence of god um, mm -hmm. in a person's life and that similar fruit is being born in us but what a joy that is to think about mm -hmm. that that we represent god we represent god in this world we put god on display yeah wow yeah. there's a humbling mystery that is now i have a question for you right. <laughs> um i know it, it sounds kind of ominous but it's about so i'm i'm just as i was thinking through this final sermon in this series i was thinking back to our first discussion and one of the questions that was asked in our sermon discussion group on Sunday morning was, how does community play into intimacy, our intimate relationship with God? And I'm like, as I was thinking through our, our discussions over the past few weeks, I thought, I don't think we've covered this. So now I'm going to call you, <laughs> I'm going to call you out and ask you, what does community <laughs> have to do with our growing intimacy with God? That's such a great question. Uh, you know, I think our, if, if you were to ask most people just kind of, all right, you have 10 seconds to answer this question. Why does the church exist? What's the church for? Mm -hmm. I think the way we would, the instinct by which we would frame our answer would be it has something to do with an ought to in the Christian life, that there's some burden or some expectation, that there's some, you know, they are the people who sit next to me when I'm fulfilling the obligation to go to worship uh, or something like that. They're the people, mm -hmm. you know, I'm supposed to give and somehow that money benefits them or they're the people I'm supposed to serve. And I think God means for us to see people of God first as gift from him, a generous mm -hmm. father who knows what we need and which one of you, if, if, if you're hungry and you, um, you ask for food would, 
you know, which one of you would give um, rocks to someone who's hungry? No, you'd give bread. And that, you know, that picture of the generosity of God, I think God knows that um, all that, all that he is bringing about in us, all that he's inviting us to, all that he's forming in us, uh, mm -hmm. is all enhanced and strengthened and made easier as we walk through the Christian life together. Mm. And I think, you know, you've heard me talk about the friction gifts of community. I think one of the incredible gifts of, it makes being involved, physically involved in a local community so incredibly strategically important and not just online or not just from time to time, but I'm in there with people mm -hmm. is that we get to work things out with each other and we get to experience the grace of God at work between us. And, and I think when people see things like kindness and generosity and patience and steadfastness and endurance and, and forgiveness and reconciliation, when they see those things being played out, you know, there's, there is beauty in a person who's being transformed in the likeness of Christ, but there is a way in which we together get to put the likeness of Jesus on display that I can't do by myself. It's as I'm relating mm. to others with patience or kindness or love or, or generosity, uh, only then can some, some of the attributes of Jesus be put on display. You think about how many of the fruit of the spirit have to do with how we get along with each other and not just something that resides in me. So mm. I think uh, the, the church family becomes not just a means of profound encouragement for me in my own Christian life. And, and Brentley has used this phrase and I love this, you know, we will, we will never grow as, as, as fast or as deeply as followers of Christ on our own as we will when we're surrounded by others. So hmm. clearly, I mean, I think God means for right. our brothers and sisters in Christ to be an incredible gift of encouragement to us, but then it's, we together are how are part of how God puts his glorious nature on display. I mean, we are the Mount Sinai now. It's mm. you think about Acts chapter two and the spirit of of fire descending on each of the heads of the believers. We we are the Mount Sinai that God descends on and makes His presence known to. We are the, the trumpet blast and the 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 quaking of the earth and the the lapis lazuli is us. It's mm. we are the, we are the way in which God's transcendence and holiness and and love are put on display together. Wow, what a um, holy calling for us as a people of God. Oh my goodness. And, and, and I am astounded that God would allow himself to be represented by us. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right? Yes, oh, a further part of the inscrutability of God, right? Yes. It's like, how could that be? He uses us? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because we are such, we are such un, oh, I can't even find the word, but we're so much unlike God that it's like, oh my goodness. I and, can tell you, there are times when I'm like, uh children of mine you do not no 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 that is not how we act in this family right you're not reflecting well on me and i can't imagine that's really interesting it's a great connection 
that, yeah. you know, that God is, I mean, I'm sure he's saying the same thing to us. Like, though, that is not how you reflect me. I mean, that's what, what scripture is about as well. And also, um, he's allows it. Yeah. That, that whole live a life worthy thing. Yeah. What if, you know, that our, all of our life is a response, but it's a response that requires all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we aren't mustering it up, but he does invite us to bring everything to it. But yeah, and yet he, he uses us even in the midst of the foibles, um, the bumbling. Mm-hmm. Very humbling. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, thank you, David, for spending yeah. time with us today. The joy. Yes. And taking always, time, time out of your schedule at General Assembly to um, take some time to chat with me. I appreciate it. I'm really glad we could make this work. Me too. And thank you to our uh, listeners, our viewers, um, those of you who have joined us, whether you've joined us online, um, live on Facebook or on our blog later, or even later on our podcast. We're thankful that you spent some time with us today. Mm-hmm.